Hey, this is Sean. I just wanted to let you know before we get started that we recorded this before uh, everything that went down in D.C. on Wednesday. So please keep that in mind while you're listening and hope you enjoy. Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. So this, this is a, a thing we still do. Um, I, I had, I had almost forgotten since we, we took a week off, and I missed the week before that because of travel schedules and and stuff like that. So, um, happy holidays to everyone. Hope you were able to to make the most of it in a way that that gave you some enjoyment and some time to relax. Uh, but now it's back to the grind, baby. It's back to the podcast grind. Um, yeah. And on top of all that, I am also starting a new job tomorrow, uh, roughly wow. roughly two blocks from the zone that has been flagged for restricted traffic due to uh, a, a group of people uh, who intend to voice their displeasure with American politics. Uh, and also I'm mm. trying to move. So uh, this is, has been uh, a, a pretty hectic week that is, that is only going to increase in that regard. And, uh, you know, I, I think in a different time, I would say that maybe I was frazzled and bummed out because I didn't really have time to, like, sit and watch a movie. But uh, yeah. the, the way the last year has gone feels like it's turned everybody's movie watching process on its head anyway so it's not so much a concern i guess Uh, yeah i mean the i you know for me you you mentioned kind of kind of some twin uh twin things in our winter of discontent which is which is uh you know at least for me uh people talking about voting which at least where i am now we can officially no longer vote anymore because this has been a two month longer process than it has for you all. Um, but you know, some of us, and, and you mentioned movies, uh, and I'll be curious with you all, but I found myself in the last now 10 plus months, um, turning to movies a lot. And we'll get to how much a lot is because I think it is generally a lot, but we're running up on, and I'll be interested just to go around the room here. Um, the last movie I saw in a theater, which I did see with with uh, <laughs> two other people, one that is in my household, one that is outside of my household. So imagine that, a social engagement in a, a crowded room um, next to other people, not in your household. The last time I did that was in February for Portrait of uh, Lady on Fire. I, I'm interested, uh, Max, Kevin, and, and Sean, when is the last time you went to a movie theater? Because at least for me, it's something that I did do regularly. Um, not like every week, but I did do regularly. I, I And Sean, I think you did probably about as often as I did, but Kevin and Max, not so much in your bellywick. Yeah, um, I guess I can go first. Um, 
So the last time I saw a movie was um, whatever the last the the subtitle of the last uh, Skywalker was. Um, right, what was it? Rise of the Skywalker, Last Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. It's, yeah, sorry. Um, so I came back to Massachusetts um, before Julia did after the holidays last year, and like I didn't have the dog, and I was just kind of sitting alone, and I was like. I'll walk down and check out the theater and see the Star Wars movie. And that's kind of the only time I would even go to the theaters is like to see these big blockbusters and like, oh, I'll see the Star Wars movies in the theater and like nothing else. Or like, oh, everyone's freaking out. It's the new Tarantino movie. I'll go see that in the theater. But I never went and saw like, you know, just your normal run of the mill movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ma- Max, you. I think you go even less. I, I was gonna say that. I'm with Kevin, but less than that, unless you count. <laughs> so the last time I went to the theater was I want to say last uh, September. So September 2019, I guess. So not last September, the September before, and that was to see uh, Studio Ghibli's Spirited Away. <laughs> <laughs> a approximately 25 year old animated film uh the time before that was at least a year prior to that where i saw an anniversary of the big lebowski <laughs> um i genuinely don't remember the last time i saw a newly released film in theaters it was probably star wars episode nine uh, uh seven so so it's interesting there and and kevin to a degree max you definitely hit on it um versus you you guys are kind of talking about movies as as special events and we'll definitely get into that you know something that is an anniversary or a special showing in the case of a studio ghibli movie um and then kevin I, i would say that the release of a star wars film or or like a quentin tarantino film rises kind of the level of a special event because they are infrequent and they hold a lot of cultural cachet. Yeah. I would say that to an extent, Marvel movies, same thing. Sean, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I saw, I forget if you saw, but something like that, which is a, which is a, it is a piece of cinema. It is a film. Mm-hmm. This is, this is like the social, yeah, exactly, Max. It's, you know, um, you know something that you would talk about in in the the old French like enlightenment meaning of the salon afterwards that type of of like you go to the movie to experience a piece of art not so much an event. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself having dabbled in that and and that is a different type of movie movie viewing than I think what Max and Kevin are talking about. Yeah, and I would say that I probably split the difference between the the two factions here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've been sort of racking my brain about the last movies that I saw, and I am pretty confident at this point that I did not see anything in a theater in 2020 before the pandemic started. And the mm-hmm. last three movies that I can definitely remember seeing in a theater are The Irishman in November of <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? Wait, isn't that the oh, one that went right to Netflix? I, I'm, 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 you know what? Yes, yes, but the, well, we we can we can delve into Martin Scorsese in a little bit. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, which came out in July, and yeah. Avengers Endgame. Um, I did not see the the most recent uh, Star War. Um, 
But I also know that in 2018, uh, which is the last full year that I lived in Charlottesville, or maybe it was in the first half of 2019, uh, Emily and I would go pretty frequently to Violet Crown because there was a movie theater on the downtown mall three blocks from my apartment that had, you know, that would have like monthly movie series where every like Monday night there would be kind of like a th- every month there would be a theme and each monday there would be a different movie that matched the theme and so there was like a month i think there was one month where it was documentaries and we went to like three out of four monday movies to see man on wire and jiro dreams of sushi uh and and so so I, i've done and i also really love the virginia film festival uh and and yeah partook of that uh from a couch uh in the fall in its kind of you know oh. new post covid form um uh, but but i definitely went to um oh so actually so in between uh in between once upon a time in hollywood and irishman uh there were some 2019 virginia film festival movies um uh, but but yes so so you're you're perhaps correct to mock me from an economic perspective. I wasn't trying to, I was genuinely, Pierce was mocking you. I, I genuinely didn't know that that movie was ever in theaters. I thought it was like Netflix, like original or something. It, well, yes. And, and it was released on Netflix, but, and, and this gets to the, to the sort of crux of what I think we're maybe talking Mm -hmm. about is, I actually really love seeing movies in movie theaters. And so I, you know, I kind of joked at the top about, you know, it not really being a big deal to miss out on movies, but I feel like there's, that has been an incredible hole in my life is the, the experience and the spectacle of seeing great movies in a theater. And, and there was a, a little spat kind of around when Endgame was coming out in the first half of 2019, where Martin Scorsese criticized those like Marvel movies and 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 blo- you know tentpole blockbusters as not being cinema, as like being an amusement mm. park ride shown on a giant screen, and 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 I I tend to occupy the camp of shut the fuck up, uh, you're <laughs> being unreasonable. Um, but I, I also think that there really is something to be said for the fact that these films, and, and you know, if you want to be snooty and call them films, are being created with a movie theater viewing experience in mind. And so, you know, much in the same vein that, you know, Pierce's, has has kind of laid down the take on this podcast in the past that you know you're you're like a war criminal if you put salt on your food before tasting it uh in a restaurant because it's really important that you know you you take it, at least an attempt at at eating it the way the chef has cooked and presented it you know i think that there are a lot of things that are really well served if you go see them in a theater and so yeah you know I, one of the things that I'm most curious about is um, Warner announced recently that 
all of its 2021 theatrical releases are going to go straight to streaming on HBO Max. And um, there are a lot of reasons that I don't think that that is a very good idea. Uh, but But one of them is that at its core, you know, something like Wonder Woman 1984, which got a lot of negative reviews when it came out uh, over over Christmas, was not intended to be watched on even a 60-inch TV in your home. Yeah. And and that's, you know, there there are a couple directions we should go in it, but I, I think that that is ultimately one that, that is going to have some staying power, which is, um, you know, Kevin and and Max, you described some movies. Well, Max, you really didn't, but but Kevin Kevin did more with the Star Wars thing. I think, which I think is, Kevin's movies are this. I I see that the same way. I just yeah. happen to go even less frequently. But if yeah. if it were not COVID times and some awesome looking movie came out and Kevin said, "Do you want to go see it with me?" I I would go. Mm. Well, I, I guess what I'm getting at is that it seems like there is you all are kind of gravitating or you two are gravitating to these, you know, these big movies. I think star Wars is a really good example. Star Wars in theaters, because it is big and it is loud and there are huge machines and there, there is, there are special effects going on. Um, and Wonder Woman example, Marvel films is an example. One thing I did last year was go through the Marvel films on, on my TV screen, which is pl- plenty, plenty large. But there is something about a theater in the, you know, Sean, to kind of get to the salt aspect. Um, it's like it is as the as the creator intended. And I do when reading a book or anything else, I, I do value that. And like I want to give it at least a try. I mean, I think the best example is not even just these Marvel movies, which the darkness you get in the theater and the way that the sound is, it is set up specifically for you to experience that in a way that a Studio Ghibli film or are more likely a documentary, like that's probably okay on on your TV screen or your computer screen or, or God forbid, but maybe your phone screen. Um, but like, you know, one thing that has been missed out on this last year is I haven't been able to go to an IMAX film. That's not something I do frequently, but you cannot bring the magic of IMAX, which is a very, is a branded thing, branded type of screen and sound. You can't bring that home. And I think that that is not going to go away, assuming that those continue to get made. But to the Warner point, um, you know, I... Uh, I wonder if you know Sean these these hangouts where we're we're watching movies and and everything else that that people do. If it's going to be like you know I can just we can order food and we can do that at home or we can go out to dinner after watching the movie because people have kind of realized, eh, it's perfectly fine to rent the movie and see it at home. Uh, yeah, and 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 so I guess I guess then we're we're also talking about kind of the differences between like how is this affected movie goers and how has this affected movie makers because my questions about the warner stuff are not so much about you know are people going to have a good time watching marvel movies on your your tv screen because you probably will like there's there's no doubt about it you know uh, Think about how how watching sports ha- has moved from being a live and in person phenomenon 
to a, a you know a televised phenomenon and now you know for the most part essentially being an exclusively televised phenomenon but like superior on television right but that's been yeah it's been happening over the last several decades because going to an nfl game is a flipping disaster almost every place where there's an nfl stadium because they're out in the middle of nowhere you have to you know you have to go pay to park because of the you know the um uh, the the greed of the Dan Snyders of the world, who who even though his his gigantic uh, coliseum of aggressively sub mediocre football is not That's that far from team. a is like not terribly far from a metro stop. I I, I know, I understand that, um, but that's that's not the same as saying it's not mediocre. Um, you know, even though it's not terribly far from the metro, like you can't walk like you can't walk in you have mm-hmm. to or maybe i'm thinking of the meadowlands um no no that, that i don't know if that's still in place i think you can walk in now but initially you couldn't do it in other places like the cobb county cracker stadium you know nearby to me is is they they tried to set that up too where you you could only enter via a wheeled vehicle right um and and so so there are all of the those ass. things the all these like secondary things that really kind of just exist to tack on more and more fees and to you know to put more profit into the pocket of the people that own the team and that own the stadium like you know those things combined with the impressive uh the the impressive increases in the size and quality of TV screens has made watching a football game from home a much more enticing proposition than spending, you know, six hours getting from, you know, Boston to Foxborough and back for a game. Like, that sounds like a total nightmare. But movies are still not quite there because, you know, if you're sitting in the nosebleed section of the Superdome in New Orleans, like, you know, you have a, a... bird's eye view of the whole field but fundamentally it kind of looks how you see it on tv where everyone looks pretty small um and you are very far away from the action if you sit in the back row of a movie theater you're still pretty damn close to the action and it's on a giant screen that is designed for for everything to just look much bigger than you it's a much more immersive experience And it's also like fifteen dollars as opposed to sure. know, hundreds. You know, I mean, you still so, you still pay a wild markup for like your popcorn and soda and whatnot. But but yes, that is true. Yeah. So so Kevin, you you mentioned the price, and and I think that you know for you and and for Max, I'm I'm interested in how an announcement like Warner made with on HBO Max, which maybe you do, maybe you don't have, but it's you know fifteen dollars a month. You get some free trial, or you've got to do something else. Anyways. With those and then Netflix increasingly being a player, as you mentioned, with the Irishman who, who releases these, these big ticket, aha, uh, these important movies on their platforms, which people have access to. I mean, do you two find yourself with that announcement? You're like, huh, now I feel like I am more maybe uh, current cinema, cinema curious. Are you enticed by this that 
now you are going to consume more movies in a way that you wouldn't in the normal arrangement. Yeah, for for me, I was always very hesitant to to subscribe to any uh, like streaming service because I was like, oh, there's like other stuff to do, and I've got Netflix, and Netflix is like good enough. But mm-hmm. you know, like oh, student discount for Hulu, and uh, we'll get HBO Max for a month to watch uh, his Dark Materials, and all of a sudden now we've got oh, and Disney Plus for you know a couple things, and so now we've got like a bunch of them, and because we're not really going anywhere and it's cold. Um, but I do think it has also just gotten me used to the fact where if I want, if there's like a movie I want to watch, I don't think about like, Oh, it's $4 to rent on Amazon. I'll rent it and watch it. Um, and, uh, I don't, I just, I think it'll be hard for me to get back into like a movie theater mindset, even for blockbuster films, because I guess I'm like, I'm like such a planner and, planning to go to a movie sounds like exhausting so uh yeah. i i don't know i just think that that will probably i was hesitant to go to them before and i think even now it'll just be even more so just because i've gotten used to this yeah and in max i i know that you have watched a a recent movie that that came out streaming only in, in seoul on on, on disney mm-hmm. plus I, I mean as someone who goes to the movies even less um, are you thinking that, that this model now where there's more and more stuff that, that is direct to you, the consumer, um, I, I don't know, does it, does it make you feel more current? Um, you know, I, I know sometimes it'll be like a movie discussion with you is, is you know, delayed because why I've, I'm not in a rush to see something. Yeah. It's interesting the way you asked that. Cause I wasn't expecting that question to be honest. Um, the, the chance the answer is yes, absolutely. Like I, I think there's probably two like main reasons people go to movie theaters. I think one is that they like to see movies in theaters, or two is that they they need to be they need to see movies right when they come out. Yeah. Um. I feel like there's probably a decent bit of overlap in that crowd. So I, I think that if a movie would be released to a streaming service and also to a theater, there's probably a still, I, I would love to see that breakdown, but there's probably still a portion of a good portion of people that would rather see it in theaters. But for someone like me, like I, I never really, unless it's, I mean, li- I mean, you heard what movies I last saw. So unless it's something that really piques my interest, I'm probably just going to be like, nah, I'll just wait for it to be on Netflix. And then realistically, it'll just fade from cultural relevancy and I won't watch it. So to answer your question, like, yeah, absolutely. I actually think that's, I mean, it's exciting for me because I've recently been watching more movies at home, and I think it's cool to be able to, like, watch movies as they're culturally relevant or, um, you know, people are talking about them. I think that's that's neat, so I will definitely be watching more, but I, I wouldn't want that, like... At the same time, like, I, I don't know that this is necessarily a, a pattern that should be the default going forward I, you know i'm not necessarily yeah. defending that decision but for me personally i'd, I'd say yeah i'm going to be watching a lot more movies right when they come out and, yeah and one thing i'll I'd chime in with that is like in the group of people who are just wanting to see things as soon as they come out i gotta imagine like there's a big chunk for just for kids um with that because i know over the holidays like all my nieces and nephews they were all watching soul constantly and i bet the i'm Bet it's like annoying for the parents to go to the movie theater to pay for four tickets and a bunch of overpriced candy and like get all the kids on the same page and it's probably like 
great. Give me the Pixar brand new Pixar movie right now. I mean, yeah, yeah we just <laughs> we just talked about this with live concerts. I mean, this is going forward. This is really good for for people for whom you know. Uh, I think this is also this is really good for people for whom going to a theater is a barrier to entry from seeing movies for some reason or other. Whether it's that they don't really like being in movie theaters like Max or they have a gaggle of children and, you know, going to see Inside Out becomes like, a, you know, paying for a semester of college. Um, and, and so so I think that I think that for a lot of people, I think for a lot of movie watchers, this has actually been a really beneficial thing because it has increased your access to movies. It has mm-hmm. also unquestionably benefited uh, streaming services, and 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 has helped prop them up and and really support this increasing like balkanization and and splintering of you know of content libraries and 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 making everything more and more exclusive to one platform versus another um but look i i want so badly to be able to go back to movie theaters because i really dig the experience and i some there's probably some wanting to see movies right when they come out baked into that but like for the stuff that i'm really jazzed about going in like it, f- at least for me it does, like you can't beat seeing it on that big screen with you know with a theater sound system that has been designed specifically for maximum you know maximum sonic immersion and and to to optimize your enjoyment of the full sensory experience of the thing but uh, you know i i I took advantage of of some of it, uh, of of some of the movies that were were released uh, straight to streaming services in the past year. You know, Emily and I watched Invisible Man. Invisible Man was great, uh, and and truthfully, I think it would have been better. I think I would have enjoyed it even more. Uh, excuse me, in a dark theater with a bunch of other people, because there's there's a couple good kind of jumpy moments, um, not like not true like horror scares or anything but you know the kind of stuff that that gets your adrenaline pumping a little bit and and i think those are, are really magnified in that setting um but then we watched the king of staten island which you know judd apatow probably would have rathered you watch it in a movie theater but that movie mm-hmm. was really kind of perfect for uh a tv screen so i think that like I think there's going to be something for everyone going forward. Yeah. I, I I think the the one thing I, I would say, and in, in with all of this, uh, just like the concerts, it's it's one little piece. Um, uh, Kevin, Kevin, you got to it a little bit, especially with kids, which is that um, having the comforts of home, being able to pause the movie, go to the bathroom, things like that are really really important and and it's good that we are opening avenues for people to do that um 
the thing about when I would go see a movie like Nebraska, which is a movie you can totally watch on your you can watch that on your phone. It'll it'll be fine. It's in black and white, um, which can look really good on a screen. But you know, the, the discipline involved in sitting through that movie for for two hours or however long it is, not going to the bathroom, staying focused on that, really thinking about it. That's a good experience for discipline. But the other thing, and this is why it's just one piece, is like. Maybe you get a beer before the movie. Maybe you get a uh, a you know some popcorn, some candy. There is some probably a kid, like a seventeen year old, by the counter. This is like their first job. This is how they're getting introduced to like. Maybe they think they're going to run their own little theater someday. And maybe you got dinner beforehand or a drink afterwards, and you met with friends. This is the one thing that I just can't account for. In this is like, how much do I meet? Even going to the or miss. Um, those interactions, even if I went um, by myself to a movie, like I remember the act of going to the movie and that adds something to it, the time thinking about it afterwards, whereas all of the distractions and comforts of home, um, uh, that's not the same as the different economies of going to a movie. And I don't think I'm going to go way more. I may even go less because I've enjoyed watching what was over 200 movies this past year. Um, but I recognize that there are these economies that, that may not come back from that, especially the little theaters that are showing movies that you can probably watch on a streaming service, but they have these limited runs or they have these special showings of Studio Ghibli movies, and I want those to exist, but I don't know that I'm running back to them in a way that is going to keep them afloat or their little bars that they have in them that may be superfluous now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I mentioned that I'm, I'm, you know, several minutes ago that I think there, there's kind of two, there's sort of two segments about this that, that merit talking about it. And, and maybe we've, you know, we've yammered enough. So maybe, maybe this is for another time, but, you know, I think that, moving to to having kind of straight to streaming be a really key part of studios models i'm very curious to see what effect that has on what gets made um you know we when we talked about netflix and and streaming services you know kind of maybe debated a little bit about uh whether it's opened whether it's opened more doors for kind of unique and interesting stuff to be made or whether it's flattened things out and made everything even more kind of uh, corporately bland and mass targeted than before. And and I tend to fall into a little bit into the latter camp. Uh, and, and I have a sinking feeling uh, that, that having to having to put these movies out, on you know directly onto Disney Plus or HBO Max is is maybe going to even further deepen that problem. So aren't you I excited really, about yeah. Cheaper by the Dozen five though, or you know, Zoolander four? You know with your whole heart, Caddyshack not, six. <laughs> you know with your whole heart, I am negatively excited about that's what all we're getting. Which, whichever of those things is real and whichever of those things you made up, I am deeply unexcited about all of them. I, I hope I made them all <laughs> up. <laughs> you know. I just I yeah, don't. Some of them are real. I want there, I, I want there to be more portraits of ladies on fire being made, 
And I don't, unless, I don't unless, think this is what's going to come out of this. I, I'm, I'm very, mm-hmm. in fact, I'm very confident that that's not what's going to come out of this. And and the thing is, and I think the the, the way I'm going to say it going forward is stars war, um, <laughs> or I think <laughs> Jesus, star, you need the stars war to to uh, kind of pay for those those smaller movies. You know, you need the big blockbuster hits to take risks. Or when you go to see the Stars War in the Marvels, right. you but it, you might see, oh, the Studio Ghibli thing that I need to go to. Yeah, but inevitably you say that and then the outcome is when we make the Stars War and then say, oh, well, we don't have enough time for anything else. Like that's that's what's going to happen that's, because the amount of that's time, what's going to happen. The exactly. amount of time we're going to make more money movies. doing Jar Jar Binks's backstory than anything creative. So eh. we were all supposed yeah. to be working fifteen-hour weeks by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goddamn it. Yeah, uh, you know they you know they interviewed Keynes's grandchildren. There's there's like a nice little interview that they did some years ago interviewing Keynes's grandchildren. Really? Like, how much do you work per week? And they were like, I work forty-five hours a week. <laughs> Oh well, uh, and they and have it relatively th- good. Yes, yes, Kevin. I was just say one other thing that I'm excited about is this will finally weed out the people who claim that the favorite part of movies is the previews. I never; <laughs> those are the worst people. I never believe them, and I don't. The proof will be in the pudding once uh, movies go back or movie theaters are safe to go back to. Yeah, well, see. Yeah. That's a that's a really obnoxious take to have. I don't hate the previews is an acceptable take. It's arguably the only reasonable take because they're really not that bad. Uh, but like this take forever, and, and they just they ru- also they ruin every movie now. Yeah, give way yeah, you get too the whole plot in trailers. So, but considering we're talking about movies being unoriginal, then it's like we usually know the plot <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> that's that's actually a really good point. <laughs> um, so, so maybe maybe us discovering our own self contradictions as we do pretty much every week, really, pretty uh, much every week is, is a, a a good signal that it's time for us to wrap up and move on to Pierce's sorry. So, what are you apologizing for today? Well, you know when you're when you're homebound uh, and you spend a lot of time watching a ton of movies over the course of the year, uh, you are probably also cooking a lot. And if you're cooking a lot, you would hope that you would realize that the boxes of broth and stock that you have in your fridge, that you don't know how long they've been in there. And then you're making things for loved ones and you don't know if the stock or broth is still good. And it's I don't smell stock and broth a lot. So maybe it's a good result. Maybe it's not. You would think you would find a solution to this before you were you know, in your fourth decade of life. So I'm here to tell you that I am sorry for not thinking of this solution earlier, which is now in my kitchen, I have a Sharpie. And so when I use stock or broth, you know, in those little containers, uh, the day I open it, I write in the Sharpie what day that was so that I am not giving my loved ones or myself for that matter, tainted broth in whatever I'm cooking. So... I don't really exactly. I don't really believe in life hacks because that's a dumb word. This is just a continuation of life thought in activity one should do. It's Label just, things. It's just being organized. I'm holding up my. <laughs> I'm holding up what is currently my uh, my moving box labeling tape and sharpie, which 
every mm-hmm. other time of year is my uh, leftovers labeling tape and Sharpie. So Yeah, yes. I don't even know that it's being organized. It's just being, staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. Oh God! Um, oh God! There, there. Oh, I think there's a. That reminds me. There's an HBO documentary about the Bee Gees that I may or may not watch. Um, but, uh, anyways, this is. That is all to say, like, yeah, you should consider labeling stuff, especially especially stuff that you know will sit out, and and it, everyone will benefit from it. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Label label your stock. Uh, which I need to go do on a carton I opened yesterday. I forgot to do it, so I, I need to go do that right after this podcast. Very good. Uh, well, but not before we close the show with a big idea from pop culture. Um, and <clears throat> as, as part of the process of moving, uh, I have been putting some serious miles on my car going back and forth between uh, the D.C. area and Richmond to have a storage unit. And so I've been kind of hauling carloads full of boxes and stuff to and fro and it's been a time to uh to catch up on my podcast backlog of all of the things that i had downloaded for many months and it's also been a time for me to discover some new stuff so i'll get a little little double header uh one is a new show uh or a new to me show called you're wrong about uh which is essentially sort of uh fact checking and debunking for uh for things that uh society tends to misremember uh it's two two writers talk about things like the satanic panic and and why mm. uh why that is really a story of how for a very long time uh adults refused to believe anything that children said and then decided one day to overcompensate by uh, not believing them uh, only when they said that they were not uh, molested by their uh, their Satan worshiping uh, daycare teachers. Uh, or uh, uh, there's a very good and, and long and thorough episode about how um, the idea of human trafficking has been like perpetuated out into the world and how it you know all of the the ways in which uh it is kind of an an overblown phenomenon while while acknowledging that there are times when it happens and that it is horrifying uh so so that has been interesting they also have a couple things where they a couple topics where they do big multi-episode series like i'm waiting for there's a a five-parter on princess diana uh, there's a huge sort of opus series on the O.J. Simpson trial that has episodes talking about Nicole Brown Simpson and Marsha Clark and Cato Kalin, and I'm really kind of excited to get into those. Uh, so you're wrong about is uh, is a good a good time, uh, and then the uh, Dan Levitard show uh, oh. has departed from ESPN. Uh, their last mm-hmm. their last show as a part of ESPN was yesterday, January fourth, uh, as we're recording this. Uh, but I listened to their I listened to their final show in podcast form today, and they have a running segment called the Stat of the Day. And the big gag is that their like intro music, which they always call the short version, is way too long. 
Uh, and for their final show, they finally played the long version of the Stat of the Day music. <laughs> and it was clearly crafted just for this occasion. And it was a 10-minute entire segment that featured guest verses from uh, Method Man and Trick Daddy and a, a, a beat wow. by Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew and saxophone playing by Kenny G. And the gag was that at the end of it, <laughs> wow. they didn't have enough time left in the segment to do a stat. And it just it tickled me so much because the show has always been this kind of subversive parody of a sports radio show. And it really paid off in its final episode. So it still exists. That feed is still there. They're doing the show as basically like a pirate radio show while I look for new broadcast partners. Um, the Bill Simmons Network. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I hope yeah. not. I certainly hope not. Um, but yeah, so so two two very different podcast flavors, but, uh, but plenty of, of audio goodies for you. So... Hope you in, enjoy something. And uh, that note, uh, it's the end of the show. You can find us on uh, the web at prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to our feed on your podcast app and device of choice. If you do that, please leave a rating, review, that sort of thing. Just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.